Chapter Five of Marriage, Volume One. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Patty Cunningham. Marriage, Volume One, by Susan Edmonstone Ferrier. Chapter Five. You have displaced the mirth, broke the good meeting with most admired disorder. Macbeth. The interval, which seemed of endless duration to the hapless Lady Juliana, was passed by the aunts in giving sage counsel as to the course of life to be pursued by married ladies. Worsted stockings and quilted petticoats were insisted upon as indispensable articles of dress, while it was plainly insinuated that it was utterly impossible any child could be healthy whose mother had not confined her wishes to barley broth and oatmeal porridge. "'Only look at they, young lambs,' said Miss Grizzy, pointing to the five great girls. "'See what pictures of health they are. I'm sure I hope, my dear niece, your children will be just the same. Only boys. For we are sadly in want of boys.' It's melancholy to think we have not a boy among us, and that a fine, ancient race like ours should be dying away for want of male heirs. And tears streamed down the cheeks of the good spinster as she spoke. The entrance of the gentleman put a stop to the conversation. Flying to her husband, Lady Juliana began to whisper, in very audible tones, her inquiries whether he had yet got any money when they were to go away, etc., etc. "'Does your ladyship choose any tea?' asked Miss Nicky, as she disseminated the little cups of coarse black liquid. "'Tea? Oh, no, I never drink tea. I'll take some coffee, though. And Psyche dotes on a dish of tea.' And she tendered the beverage that had been intended for herself to her favourite. "'Here's no coffee,' said Douglas, surveying the tea-table. "'But I will ring for some.' as he pulled the bell. Old Donal answered the summons. "'Where's the coffee?' demanded Miss Nicky. "'The coffee?' repeated the Highlander. "'Troth, Miss Nicky, and it's been clean forgot.' "'Well, but you can get it yet,' said Douglas. "'Deed, Master Harry, the night's o'er far gone for snow, for the fire's ta'en up, you see,' reckoning with his fingers as he proceeded. "'There's parritch makin' for oor supper, and there's patatees boilin' for the beasts, and—' "'I'll see about it myself,' said Miss Nicky, leaving the room with old Donald at her back, muttering all the way. The old laird all this while had been enjoying his evening nap, but that now ended, and the tea equipage being dismissed, starting up, he asked what they were about that the dancing was not begun. "'Come, me lady,' We'll set the example, snapping his fingers and singing in a hoarse voice, The mouse is a merry beastie, and the moodywort wants the een, but folks sail ne'er get wit, say merry as we twa hae been. But where's the girlies? cried he. Ho, Belle, Becky, Betty, Baby, Beanie, to your posts. The young ladies, eager for the delights of music and dancing, now entered followed by Coyle the piper, dressed in the native garb, with cheeks seemingly ready-blown for the occasion. After a little strutting and puffing, the pipes were fairly set a-going in Coyle's most spirited manner, 
but vain would be the attempt to describe Lady Juliana's horror and amazement at the hideous sounds that for the first time assailed her ears. Tearing herself from the grasp of the old gentleman, who was just setting off in the reel, she flew shrieking to her husband, and threw herself trembling into his arms, while he called loudly to the self-delighted coil to stop. "'What's the matter? What's the matter?' cried the whole family, gathering round. "'Matter?' repeated Douglas furiously. "'You have frightened Lady Juliana to death with your infernal music. "'What did you mean,' turning fiercely to the astonished piper, "'by blowing that confounded bladder?' Poor Coyle gaped with astonishment, for never before had his performance on the bagpipe been heard but with admiration and applause. "'A bonny bargain indeed that canna stand the pipes,' said the old gentleman, as he went puffing up and down the room. "'She's no the wife for a Haylandman. Confounded blather indeed. By my faith, ye're no blate.' "'I declare it's the most distressing thing I ever met with,' sighed Miss Grizzy. "'I wonder whether it could be the sight or the sound of the bagpipe that frightened our dear niece. I wish to goodness Lady Maclaughlan was here.' "'It's impossible the bagpipe could frighten anyone,' said Miss Jackie, in a high key. "'Nobody with common sense could be frightened at a bagpipe.' Mrs. Douglas here mildly interposed, and soothed down the offended pride of the Highlanders by attributing Lady Juliana's agitation entirely to surprise. The word operated like a charm. All were ready to admit that it was a surprising thing when heard for the first time. Miss Jackie remarked that we are all liable to be surprised, and the still more sapient Grizzy said that, indeed, it was most surprising the effect surprise had upon some people. For her own part, she could not deny but that she was very often frightened when she was surprised. Douglas, meanwhile, was employed in soothing the terrors, real or affected, of his delicate bride, who declared herself so exhausted with the fatigue she had undergone and the suffering she had endured, that she must retire for the night. Henry, eager to escape from the questions and remarks of his family, gladly availed himself of the same excuse, and to the infinite mortification of both aunts and nieces, the ball was broken up. End of chapter 5 Recording by Patty Cunningham